The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. All right. We are live, episode 147. We are here in the office, and we've got... We'll go around the table for those of you that aren't watching visually, but it is Chuck Belmore. He's been here before. New face, Brandon Maddox from Silencer Central, obviously myself, and then Keegan. Um, we are going to do a cool podcast today. Brandon reached out a while back about wanting to talk about suppressors and the processes that Silencer Central has been nailing for 17 years now. Yeah. And um, a- a- out of our crew – Chuck is the kind of the authority on him. He knows more about it than anybody, so I figured he would be the best guy to be able to answer, ask the right questions. And then I can talk from experience on how we've used them filming and how much we love them between Africa, which you just got back from, and hogs in Texas to predators and prairie dogs, which tells some stories. But I want you to introduce yourself. I won't do it justice, so kind of tell everybody who you are and where you're from and what we're here to do today. Sure. So Brandon Maddox, um, based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, founder, CEO of Silencer Central. Been doing it since 2005. Um, we're licensed and have physical locations in all 42 states where suppressors are legal. Dang. And we've been working on simplifying the process for the last 17 years. Started out working gun shows, so mostly gun shows, sportsman shows, talking to people face-to-face and just kind of getting their feedback on the process and saying, hey, how can we make this easier based on their feedback real time as mm-hmm. they're going through the process. So, um, yeah, based in Sioux Falls, but I have locations in every state. Um, people buy from us either at events, online, or over the phone, and then we ship it to their front door. Making it easy. So that was kind of the, you know, kind of jumping right into it. That was kind of the thing that you said at the very beginning. And this was the honestly the deterrent for me when I went to go buy my first suppressor, which I am now currently getting through you guys, um, was – it seemed like it was way more complicated than I wanted to mess with. And you said the whole barrier energy was the process. When you went to gun shows, the process of how to get your first suppressor or your first silencer or whatever you want to call it is daunting. It's kind of like guys from the southeast that want to go hunt out west in some, you know, unit and it takes points or a lottery and this, that, and the other. And it's just it's like that's confusing to me. Simplify the process. So that's kind of what you guys have been working on. Yeah, absolutely. It just – um you know, personally, as someone who had, you know, bought them myself, I found the process to be difficult, confusing. My insight, too, was that a regular gun store is more set up from a business process perspective to help you pick out your firearm, do your background check, and you leave. It's sort of a single visit, single transaction. And if you look at the NFA process of buying a suppressor, a silencer, it's a little bit more involved. And it's difficult to walk into a business model that's set up for, you know, in and out. You almost need someone that's set up like we have at Silencer Central where it's a lot more back and forth and it's managed communication. 
and we have sort of your whole portfolio in front of us when we're talking to you mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, because the, the frustrating part for me as a consumer when I first, you know, bought my first suppressor was there's typically one person at the gun store that's the point of contact for silencers. And inevitably, he either wasn't in <laughs> or I came the wrong day or he's on vacation. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you have a process that's back and forth and there's a lot of stuff to do, it just didn't work. So, um, the honest truth is I started Silencer Central to make the process easy for myself. Mm-hmm. And then once I did that, I realized there's a lot of other people too that are interested. Well, then, because that's not what your technically your original like line of work is. Your original line of work is you're a pharmacist. Yeah. Yep. So I keep my my pharmacy license uh, up in uh, North Carolina where I went to school, Florida where I had my first job, and then South Dakota where I live now. So he just wanted to establish that he's smarter than all of us at this <laughs> table. No, no, I wouldn't say that. No, that wasn't really I hard. I didn't want to say it anyway, but uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. no. I'm a plumber, by the way. <laughs> I'm getting smarter by the minute. No. <laughs> well, was it you said we should name this uh, name this podcast Pills and Cans? Pills and Cans. There we yeah. go. <laughs> that's how you go from pharmacy to making suppressors yeah. and making it the easiest way to get it. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, that's kind of what I thought, like, my process for, for going through it to get my suppressor with you guys is literally you've had people that literally call out, and it's like they almost like, hey, just take my hand, and I'll follow I'll, – I'll guide you. Yeah. I need you to sign this. This is what this means. This is what this means. Do this call this, do this. And it's like, okay, I'm not a very, in the words of Forrest Gump, I'm not a smart man, <laughs> but they made it to where it's like, okay, you know, guiding me through every piece of the process. And they'll tell you, you know, this is what's going to happen next. This is what, you know, you're going to get a call from here. Or this is the ATF, this, or this is the, this is the paperwork you're signing. You know, it's like, I didn't, I mean, for me to do that on my own. Phew, yeah. Right. No way. Right. Yeah, and I think it's something to bring up too that, that you did your paperwork while we were on a trip yeah. in Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, I you literally did, sitting in my truck right. on my phone looking at a uh, remote screen to where she was guiding me through how to do the process. This is where I need to sign this one. And I'm sitting in the parking lot of an RV store while we're getting supplies while yeah. we're on a hunt. With the customer service lady yep. playing through the radio. And she could tell I was clueless. She's oh, like, yeah. okay. She's like, I know. She's like, this is this is, this is is what everybody else does too. I understand. No, this is where you need to go. Do you see this? Yes. Okay. That's where you, I'm like, thank God she's done this before. Cause right. if it was left up to me to my own devices to figure out which button to click, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome though. I, like I said, by the time Ryan and I came back out of the store, you were done. Yeah. And that's super easy. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like you said before, I think that's the most intimidating thing that, that people run into is they don't know how, or if they know someone that someone like, like I'll use my friends, for example, they know I've got a ton of suppressors and, and I've always been around that kind of stuff. And, and they come to me and they say, hey, I want to get a suppressor. Well, then I have to send them to somebody else. Yeah, good point. Well, when I send them to somebody else, they don't know this guy's a friend of Chuck or, or who it is. It's like you said, they're looking for that in and out because there's 10 other people standing there. They don't have time to have that relationship because they're not worried about that one suppressor. They're worried about selling that box ammo and those boots over there. And, and so with you guys, it's, it's that intimate we're here to sell you a suppressor and make it easy and painless. And But, you know, like we said earlier, it's that process where you do it once. It's almost like going to the dentist. You're scared to death to go, but when you get done, you're like, well, heck, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I made it a lot worse than it was. Yeah, I built it I was, up in my head. All right, I was dreading it. But then when you get your first suppressor and you realize how awesome they are, you're like, well, heck, why, why is everybody else not doing this? You mm-hmm. know? Totally. Well, it's, it's the whole thing, you know, and we filmed with them several times in the past, and that's kind of where we – focus our you know obviously what we do is film outdoor content we do lots of hunting and you know filming a hunt with a rifle without a suppressor 
isn't fun. No. It's ridiculous. No. It is. And it's just every – and it's not fun for anybody that's in the general area, <laughs> especially the animal on the other end. <laughs> but it just got to the point to where I remember – I'm trying to remember the first time we ever filmed with them. It was probably in Texas with uh, yeah, with Troy. With yeah, Troy. When we were out there and shooting wild and, and we would we would literally sit up on this rim rock in West Texas and you shoot down in this big canyon and you just shoot down there without suppression, it just echo, just boom, 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 boom. Because it's wow. just as it's uh, one of the coolest places ever. And uh and those animals like they're like this the Thunderdome down there, you know, they're scared <laughs> to death. And then it was like the next year we went the first year we didn't have suppressors, and I think it was the next year we did. And then you would shoot down there, and I didn't know what happened. You know, and as the guy running camera, I mean, I don't have to sit there and, like, try not to touch the camera. Don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. It's just, like, the shot happens. The camera doesn't jump. Nobody's really got to hold their ears. Like, And then it's like kind of like we said in Europe. Like, if you buy a gun in Europe, if you can buy a gun in Europe, and you don't have a suppression, you're kind of the butthole mm-hmm. because you're, you're the guy making all the noise. And or, just on the like filming Africa. side. Yeah, Africa, yeah. yeah. You just got back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How was that trip? Oh, it was great. Amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend it. What all What all did you hunt when you were there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, planes games mostly. Yeah. But, um, you know, we'd ride around and they're like, how about that? I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of Yeah, dude. That's, that, we, so we did it. We did it out of like these almost like mud huts where you're eye level over um, either water holes or like alfalfa bales. And uh, I did... Impala, Nyala, Blue Wildebeest, which I didn't bring home. Um, uh, Warthog, and then a Jackal. So I had six animals. I recovered five of them. And Bless Buck. forgot Bless Buck. And uh, that was one of the most fun hunts I've ever done. Yeah. And just, it's, you feel like you're on a different planet. You do. it's so much different than over here. Agreed. But those guys over there, like, it's a, it's a, killing trip it ain't a hunt like you there's so many animals and they manage them so well and the reason they manage them so well is because of all the westerners that come on their hunt and the money goes back into the resource yeah that's a whole nother conversation we can have but it's it's one of those deals to where everything over there is suppressed every yes. gun they had was suppressed and if you yeah. showed up without one they just kind of look at you cross out like what are you doing because it's so much better for the hunting the animals the recoil the sound the everything and when you go to filming, you know, that's kind of how we looked for everything through that lens of filming. It just makes the, the, the whole process more enjoyable. Totally. Yeah. I think that one additional insight for me there was, um, like, the professional hunter and the tracker, they could almost tell instantly by the sound of the shot when it hit. When yeah. It was a See, shot. we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. They that's just something I hadn't thought about. Slap. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They could yep. tell. They're like, that's solid. You got a perfect hit there. They didn't Just have to by look. the sound. Yes. Just yep. because the that's all you could hear was you could hear the gun barely go off, but you could hear yeah. the impact. Without well, so the loud. suppressor, all you hear is ee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just swatting at the mosquitoes. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's what it sounds gosh, like. Gosh, man. I've been beside, you know, especially like, you know, you go on a hunt and never, nothing ever happens like it's supposed to. Like, you just set up right here and the deer's going to walk around. Like, no, they're going to walk out over here. And I got to film across me, and he's got to shoot, and you're halfway down the muzzle, and he goes off, and you're just like, oh, you're just disoriented. Uh, it's it's not fun at all. But uh, you know, so tell, so what are some of the biggest hurdles you think you guys have fixed with the process? Yeah, good question. So um, probably the biggest hurdle is um, mailing it to your front door. I mean, I think that's 
You find a lot of people, I think even at lunch, you were saying it's an hour and a half drive for you to find the local mm-hmm. person that work with. So you know, that's a benefit. That's more on the back end. Um, you know, I would say like our entire business model has been focused on how do we make it easy. So a, com- a couple of the quick things we've done to make it easy. So we thread barrels, which may sound simple, but I just could kind of tell when guys are looking at a suppressor, they're like, I don't know who's going to thread the barrel. I don't know if I trust the local guy. And you could just tell there was this. And we said, hey, we'll do that. So we send an empty gun case. We pay the shipping FedEx ground to us. We thread it and ship it back to you. So wow. there's a, for, that's we awesome. Do, we do the barrel threading, which is nice. Um, we create a free gun trust. A lot of local dealers will kind of discourage a trust because it kind of makes the process a little bit more probably confusing for the local dealer. So we find they kind of discourage it. So we try to sell people into, hey, we give it away free. And the benefit long-term is it allows you to share it with people that are 18 or older. And also it allows you to pick who gets it when you pass away. So there's some benefits there yeah. for the trust. And we do that free. So that makes it simpler. Um, we let people pay while they wait, which is a big thing. We don't charge any interest. So if a guy says, I only got a hundred bucks, we say, Hey, we'll take your hundred bucks. We'll start the process today. And as long as you pay for it when it's done, we're all happy. You know, yeah. everybody's happy. I think happy. you guys are the ones that do that. Yeah. As far as no, financing. Cause I noticed that on your website when I was doing some research on you guys, I'm like, well, that's awesome, yeah. you know, because you start looking at, at some of the cans, you know, like the banished, the, the titanium cans. I mean, yeah. they're expensive. Oh, yeah. It's a big purchase. Totally. Worth it, totally. But you start looking at a 900 or or $1,000 purchase, yeah. and it makes a world of difference for guys to be able to stretch that out. You know? oh, yeah. Not that they're hiding it from their wives, but no, it's a lot easier to say. <laughs> maybe. It's a lot easier to say, well, we're going to take I, a 100 I, here, yeah. 200 there, 300, <laughs> totally. instead of a, what's this 1000 bucks on the credit card? Yeah. You know? Cannot confirm or deny. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, babe, don't worry. That's, that's a fee for this thing is recurring 12 months till I pay off $1,000. No big deal. Exactly. Yeah. And then the paperwork we've got, um, we've worked with the ATF to get variances where we can do all the paperwork digitally. So basically we can, like, you know, as you witness, yeah. you can do it where you can do DocuSign mm-hmm. on the front end and the back end. Um, also, we worked out a process where you can do your fingerprints at home, not have to go see I did sheriff. mine. I did mine at home, yeah. Yeah. And then we scan them in and we'll have them digitally for you. If you decide to get another one, we have them on file. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So here's a, here's a good question. I, I wonder if anybody's asked this. How is it working with the ATF? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think that, um, probably a hundred percent of the people listening hate the ATF. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> probably unanimous. You know, I took a different approach. I just, um, you know, my friend always says they have a monopoly on making the rules and a monopoly on interpreting the rules, Yeah, which is true. <laughs> yeah. So once you accept that, um, you know, I honestly have found them fairly adaptive to work with. Um, it's just how you position it. You just say, Hey, your main goal, from my understanding, is public safety. We're mm-hmm. on board with that. We yeah. Don't, we don't want anyone, you know, public safety yeah. issues. So if we can create a digital process that wasn't a part of the firearms laws in 68 when the Gun Control Act was created or 34 when the you know, National Firearms Act was created, if we can create a digital process that meets all the requirements you have and makes it easier for your people to inspect me, and it enhance public safety as far as checking and you know finding tracing, and then the last step is if it helps me and my customers, would you all be interested in entertaining that? And typically they'll say, yeah, let's talk. And I've had some of those talks last four months, and I've had some last four years. I was about uh, to say, like, what's that? Like, what's the timeline? Because I know they don't probably don't they don't go real fast at anything. No. And then the hard part too is you have turnover. They're always moving to different you know departments. Oh and so gosh, you, you got one group on board, and then it switches. But um, you know we've had pretty good luck. If we just sit down and say, hey, here's the way we would like to make this process digital. Um, and it will help you inspect us easier when your people come in. Instead of flipping through paperwork, they're going to have digital stuff they can look through. And 
I find them to be probably more open to that kind of stuff than probably most people think. People think people listening will say, "Ah, they're horrible." They're this, yeah. and my my experience is just kind of that one on one. And of course, I'm dealing with the higher ups. You know, probably like the top fifteen people from a yeah you know, ranking perspective at ATF. So yeah. it's not as much as the like the people that I meet with when they come to inspect us. They're like, "Gosh, you know, the people like you know, fifteen levels above me. I've never even met them. I just yeah. got memos from them." Yeah. You, you seem like you're somebody that has the right temperament to be able to deal with something like that too. Like the the right, you know, business acumen, the right yeah. everything to be, because that, that, it's going to take a very, not kid hands, but it's going to take like a very delicate touch to be able to, right. to work with those things. And yeah. but I mean, obviously you've been doing it for 17 years and you know the ins and outs of that. Like to stick with a, to, to stick with improving a process which you guys, I'm assuming, are still trying to improve the process oh, yeah, totally. every day. Totally. Just with 17 years. Yeah. Just trying to help it to where when somebody wants to buy a suppressor, this is the easiest way to do it. Yeah, totally. And it's, and I don't want to over like uh, smooth it. I mean, I've had some tough situations. With oh, ATF. I can only imagine. I mean, I've had days yeah. where, gosh, they called me up there in November 2020 and asked me to meet with them. And it sounded like two people were going to be there. There's like 40 people in the room and it was nice. all their lawyers. So, I mean, I've had tough, like sweating, like how am I going to survive <laughs> this? Um, but it, you know, it creates this sort of relationship where you get to know them better. But I mean, I've had to involve my Senator, U S Senator Thune. He's very high ranking on the Republican side and, um, you know, I've had, I've, I've had my attorney say, Brandon ATF is not going to read this letter. You've sent them the same letter. You know, they're not going to respond unless we can put it on center things letterhead. I'm like, I'll, I'll call his office and see. And his kids go to school with my kids, his chief of staff. So we did it and it got their attention. So, yeah. you know, there's been scenarios where it's been hard to get through to them. But after a while, I think if they see you're serious and your goal is to improve the process and you're not going away, um, at some point they're like, all right, we got to listen to this guy because at the end of the day, they do have to report to Congress. Congress yeah. is the one that makes the rules they implement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, I mean, it, it's, it's been, it's been a fun, um, you know, process over the years. And I feel like that even they will say, cause I meet with them probably three times a year, the senior level. Like we had a, actually in Atlanta, we had a compliance conference just a few weeks ago and we sat down with the top, you know, 15 leadership and just talked about, and you can tell we've had Rocky pass far as we've disagreed on stuff. I mean, they, if they say you can't change their mind, but you can just say, hey, let's try to find another way. But I feel like we're at a good point now where they're very comfortable with our process. They get it. They realize we're licensed. I mean, if you look, uh, Dick Sporting Good and Walmart are in 43 states as far as having FFLs, and we're in 42. So in their mind, we're one of the largest, you know, f- sort of providers of firearms and access. So they hold us just as accountable from a compliance standpoint as they would the big, you know, big names. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that was nerve-wracking sitting in a room with 40 ATF lawyers. Yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm not going to say that I've ever done anything, but I would think that I did just be like, yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, this is the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> We're taking this guy with us. That yeah. guy. Yeah, that man, guy right there. Guy, the short, fat one. He's going with us. <laughs> Put the cuffs on him. Shoot his dog. Take him with us. That's yeah. funny. So one of, the, one of the ways you guys have made it even easier, and I want you to explain this process, is you guys have banished suppressors, which are yours. Yes. So there's a process to where you buy a suppressor from a different company and you try and transfer it through a dealer. It takes even more time. So you guys have kind of streamlined that as well. Yeah, good question. So some people, like, there's a misconception we only sell banished. No, we're a dealer. We can sell anything. So if someone mm-hmm. wants something that's not on our website, just call us. We can, you know, get it. It's just always our mantra has been how can we make the process as simple as possible and we worked with another manufacturer to create the Banish line. The firearms manufacturer actually in Sturgis helped us design those. Nice. And um, we, we've been able to offer those. And the good thing is we probably keep about 70 days worth of inventory on the shelf. 
Wow. So when someone calls and says, yeah, we have a cage that's got $100 million worth of suppressors in it. It's, most of them are sold, but we keep inventory on the shelf. So if someone calls and they want something, we can grab it on the shelf and we can send the serial number and submit it and everything's done. That's how we can do things so quickly. But if someone wants, like really all the other manufacturers go through wholesalers. So you're really sort of depending upon the wholesaler to give you product. And there's really no incentive for the wholesaler to give it to me versus someone else. Mm -hmm. The hard part with most of the wholesalers in the farms industry is that they sell everything. So a regular gun store might be more of a better customer for a wholesaler because they sell handguns, long guns, you know, ammo and suppressors, whereas we do just suppressors. So there's really no incentive for the wholesaler to sell it to me because they're going to get the same margin as if they sold it to anyone else. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a little bit harder if someone wants something that we can't get direct whereas the banish we have them made for us we we have you know put in purchase orders so we know how many we're getting each month so we can just basically serialize your paperwork instantly and send it on and i know that you know your audience obviously focused on hunters that's kind of where i came from from a consumer that was my next question yeah what was your aha moment like uh, you know this is something special that i have to pursue more yeah, so good question. But I was thinking, like, from the hunter side, like, most of our product is all titanium. Oh, okay. I, I find, like, you know, when you're in South Africa, you probably saw they use aluminum there. Yeah. They they could buy them over the counter, so it's a disposable item. It's sort of purchased. If it wears out, throw it away. Whereas here in the U.S., it, you know, it's hard to get. Got to pay a tax to get it. You might as well make them right. So ours are titanium. So you get the lightweight, but you get stronger than, than the stainless steel would be, and you also get to get a quieter product. So yeah. that's kind of what the banish has always been focused on, the hunter. Oh, I got you. Well, so, like, I was kind of saying earlier, my aha moment was when we went and did that first Texas hunt. Like, these things are amazing. Yeah. And you said that yours was when you were hunting prairie dogs, right? Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, I grew up in the south here, and I used to always go fishing with my uh, grandfather in Alabama. We'd go catfishing, and every year, you know, I'd be in school, and I would think the whole school year, what bait could I use this year? Because, yeah. you know, every summer I'd spend in Alabama. And, uh, you know, it's liver one year, and it's shrimp, and so your brain is always thinking, like, how, how can we get something better? It's going to yeah. catch them all this Do year. Do better. Yeah. Catch exactly. them all. Everybody exactly. wants to catch more. Exactly. Yeah. So same thing with prairie dog hunting. You know, I started prairie dog hunting, and, you know, you're – testing different volatile points, VMAX, you know, different things. And then you're to the point of, gosh, I drove four and a half, five hours from eastern South Dakota to western South Dakota. First shot, thousands of prairie dogs scatter, and then they're gone. I'm just sitting down there on a bench waiting for them to come out. So at some point, I'm like, gosh, how can I do something different? And um, that's when I got the idea of a suppressor. Gosh, you know, early 2000s, you read online, there wasn't really anything about using suppressors and hunting. Mm-hmm. The local gun store couldn't give me any insight as to whether it was even going to work. So I kind of bought one on a hunch. But, um, you know, the funny story is that the first one I bought and finally got in, and it was a real pain to buy. And that's the reason why we started. The, I started the business was just because I had such a bad process in buying my, you know, first two or three at the local gun store. But the aha moment for me was... I was out shooting prairie dogs with my suppressor the first time, and I ran out of ammo. And I was like, <laughs> this is the real deal. Yeah. You know, you always pack so much more ammo than you, than you really need. ever need. Yeah. And to run out, I was like, ha, oh, man, this is And huge. you could have kept shooting. Oh, yeah, totally. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> you look like a Civil War. There's just blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I bet I killed four or 500 that day. Oh, I mean, my just God. Everywhere. I mean, you know, great shots, too, where you hit one, and you can tell it's a hollow point, and part of the um, shrapnel catches his buddy. So you're, like, shooting two with one shot. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, that's cool. That's, cool. that's the prairie dog hunt we need. That's what I'm saying. Holy I'm crap. Sign me up for that. We yeah. got them 22250s we need to that's stretch out. Yeah, Is it 22250s? Yes, 100%. Because yes. anything else, you were talking about 204 earlier, almost mm-hmm. the wind will move it too much. 
much. Right. I had a 22 mag, a wind will move it too much. It's so windy. Or 17 moves it too much. So 20 to 250 is what I use. I say I was poor when I first started <laughs> on a pharmacist salary, so I used a 223, you know, reloads, <laughs> full metal jackets. <laughs> but now I use 22 250s. The good stuff. Yeah, dang. exactly. Well, dang, I don't know if we can go and shoot two. I mean, Get twenty two fifty ammo is kind of tough to get, uh, right? Oh, I think I, I get you know. some. We'll probably have to find some ammo sponsors for that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. gonna be like a train four hundred freaking prairie dogs. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's like that's that awesome. day we shot all them fish in Kentucky. We could just keep shooting. Yeah, there's very few times that you ever get to where you just go, you know, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've never hit that point. That, that's why I want to do a, a high volume dove hunt because I just don't know if the. I mean, I. I, they say you'll stop. You're trying to I, find I just, your limit. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to. I just want to be that guy that goes. You know what, boys have had enough. I think I'm gonna stay here and, you know, just relax. Maybe have some cold drink because that's never been me. I'm like, we get to kill something. I'm in. Yeah. Well, it's I, 115 degrees. Doesn't matter. I mean, we're gonna get to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I'd love to be there the day that you finally said, "Yep, that was it. I had enough." I would God probably need medical attention. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably need medical attention because I'm gonna hurt myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the only yeah the only way he's gonna stop is if he's out of ammo, yeah. or you physically cannot continue. Right. <laughs> There's going to be a breakdown in the cycle. Somewhere. Yeah, right. yeah. But I've always people ask me about Chuck. You know, what's what's the deal with Chuck? I'm like, listen, here's all you need to know. If you got a 180 inch whitetail tied up, or he can go to a chicken house and shoot rats all day. He's picking. She going doing the rat killing. And I'm going to try Every my best time. to finagle both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we're starting with the rats. <laughs> I'm going to do a deal where I can get the white till the next day. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah, I'm like, that's all you need to know. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a quantity over quality all day long. Every time. Every time. <laughs> that's cool. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, What was your – you said you bought one back when. What was Man, your kind of aha moment? I got my first suppressor my senior year of college. It was like my graduation gift to myself and nobody that I knew growing up or I had never even seen one personally you know I'm showing my age the internet was like an eye-opening experience for me when I was in school because you know we had to use it for everything when I got to college you know we didn't have it when I was in high school so when we got to college and, and getting on the internet I, I got exposed to all this cool stuff you know like the sniper forums and all the guns and ammo stuff and stuff that you'd read about one time in the guns and ammo magazine or the sh- or the shooter's bible well, now there's just pages and pages and pages of the stuff on the internet from all these different people all over the United States. And, man, I was just super consumed by it. I'm like, this is awesome. Well, then I found about suppressors online. And I'm like, hold up. You can actually get one of these, you know, and wait 90 days and have one. So, you know, I just started looking, looking, looking. And, <clears throat> like, back then there was only, like, two manufacturers, really, that, that – that did everything. What was from, the name of that thing? Uh, it was a Thunder Trap. Thunder Trap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back then you had uh, Gym Tech and uh, AWC, and they were really the two big dogs in the market. And that was really about it. I mean, for a civilian to get their hands on one was one thing, but there just wasn't a lot to choose from. So long story short, I saved up my money, bought that, and gave it to myself for a graduation present. And I'll never forget all my buddies. I told them, I'm like, get me a suppressor, you know. First time we go and shop, they're like, this thing sucks. <laughs> they're like, this, ain't, no, this ain't, ain't worth no money. I'm like, what do you mean? Because they thought it was going to be like in the movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 it don't work like that yeah. unless you put one of these magic bullets in it. <laughs> so I'd always keep a thing of subsonics just to show them. Yeah. And I'm like, now. And they're like, oh, that's all I'd shoot. And I'm like, no, that thing's only, you know, under 1,000 feet a second. You don't want to hunt with this, you yeah. know. And they're like, well. Well, that's a lot quieter, and I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, they everything's got its its place, but uh, 
then after that, I just I fell in love with it because I'm like, this is so cool. I don't have to wear earmuffs, mm-hmm. you know, and not until later on because they weren't legal to hunt with in Georgia at that time. So you couldn't hunt with them legally. And it used to kill me, too, when I'd go deer hunting. I'm like, God, this sucks, man. I wish I could use my suppressor. And it wasn't so I could kill more. It's just so I didn't ring my ears yeah. every time. Well, that's my thing with, you like, know? kids, man. Like, you're trying to get a kid to shoot their first, you know, their first deer or their first whatever, and you lay them down on a 243 or something, and they touch that thing off. And it you and know, the world kid, comes yeah, yeah, and yes. and. And, and and they're scared to death. They're scared of the recoil. You know, they shoot it one time. They don't want to shoot it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and whereas you be able to put that suppressor on there and, you know, reduce some of the recoil and then just that, not that just bone chattering, boom, you know. You know, my, my dad, I, he can't hear fat hog farts because he, you know, grew up his whole life shooting shotguns and rifles with no ear protection and mm-hmm. driving tractors his whole life with no hearing protection. And now, you know, you get a suppressor. Like, I, you know, I told him about the one that I'm getting, and he can't wait. You know, he's like, Cause that's why he didn't want to shoot guns now. Right. Because it just, I mean, he's like, he's like, ears are gone already. I'm going to keep what little I got left. You know, well, like, I'm thinking about my, my son taking him and putting a suppressor on the gun and being well, able to shoot it. It's such a good tool, and that's that's kind of my bread and butter with suppressors, and that's like my thing, you know, and, and I use this as an example. Last week I was on a podcast with those guys from uh, Eastman's, is that, at the end of the day, why do why why does Chuck Belmore do what Chuck Belmore does? And one is, is that I love the outdoors. I love the opportunities I've been given to work in the outdoors and meet all these cool people and all this stuff. But two, on the backside of that is that I'm doing it for a reason, a little bit different reason than that. I'm doing it so my kids will get to enjoy it. So your kids, your your little girl, or your little boy, your little girl, you know, vice versa, will get to do it. Because if we don't do it and promote it in a positive way, those kids are not going to know about it, and they're not going to be exposed to it, and they're not going to—they're not going to care about it. Well, suppressors are that one tool that I have found, and this is from my own experience, but from a lot of people's experience I talk to at gun shows and stuff. That is the one tool that gets my kids outdoors with a gun. Mm-hmm. This is the honest to God truth. I could pick up my phone right now and call my kid and say, "Hey, y'all want to go shoot today?" They'd be like, "What are we shooting?" If I say anything with a suppressor, they're like, "We're in." I say, we're going to shoot a shotgun. They're like, heck no, we're good. Is mm-hmm. it sided in? We'll go turkey hunting with it. If you, as long as you got it sided in, I'll shoot it. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to go out and just shoot it. Mm-hmm. I put any of my ARs, any of my bolt actions, anything. I put a suppressor on it. My kids are like, where's that ammo, dude? Mm-hmm. They'll shoot the whole box. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't have a suppressor on it, they don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. And it's just that loud, you know, it's just like, and I don't, you know, I think we forget being shooters what it's like to hear the full you know, because sure. I got 40 ear, 40% hearing damage on my left side from shooting my whole life without ear protection before suppressors. And I think now, you know, we don't know exactly how loud it is. Mm-hmm. It, we don't feel it like a kid does. It's got virgin ears, you know, to that kind of loud noise. Yeah, throw a muzzle so, break on the end of that thing. Oh, God. Oh. Yes. Like you said, it's disorienting. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you get sick to your stomach. You yeah. know, I'll never forget. I had a, a Weatherby 3378. And no kidding, I can't, I can't tell you how many animals I let go because I was doing this. Trying to put my earplugs in or put my earmuffs on, and they step out of the shoot, and I'm like, son of a. <laughs> Set them down there, you know, so I can hear again. Then when I hear something, I look, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Son of a. <laughs> you know, cause they, they walk across the shooting line, you know, yeah. hunting in Georgia, you're yeah. hunting yeah. roads, you know. And, uh, I, but, but what I was getting at is that it's a tool for conservation because you expose kids to shooting and to the outdoors. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things a lot of people overlook is, you know, what are we targeting right now? I'm targeting the kids in that 17 to 35 market, the guys that are going to spend money, the guys that are going to keep doing this for the next 30 years. 
and what is what is important for them, having their freaking hearing. Yeah. And it's that's one of the things that ticks me off so much is that if I leave here today on the way home and I stop by Home Depot, I can't buy a lawnmower. I can't buy a weed eater. I can't buy a nail gun unless it meets the OSHA requirement. Mm-hmm. I can't go buy an excavator unless it's got an OSHA-approved muffler on it. But I can go buy a gun and deafen myself. Yeah. It don't make any sense. Yeah. If the government if the government is going to regulate your hearing protection for this, they ought to regulate it for that. Yeah. And that's that's just kind of the way I look at it, you know. Yeah. But that's my soapbox. What's the so what what what's what's ever happened with that? What's going on with that with the Hearing Protection Act? Uh, you know the challenge now is you got Democrats in the Senate, mm. the House, and the presidency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pretty much have to have a sixty a sixty percent majority in the Senate and oh, okay. also majority in the House and the President to to get it to go through. Oh, we don't have that. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. So you've met a lot of coyote hunters that really like this too. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I it's, love coyote hunting. Kylie. Yeah. I haven't gotten to do it a ton, but that's something that's another make it have an episode we want to do as a western just predator tour. Just cool. get in the truck and drive around trying to shoot as many predators as we can. We got those three oh eights and those twenty two two fifties we gotta do that with. I'm in. <laughs> you do a lot of predator hunting out there? You know, mostly still just prairie dogs. I really? haven't done as much coyote. It just seems like kids got sports on in the winter and sounds like we I know who to call when we yeah. want to go do the prairie dog show. I like totally. it. Yeah. I'm in. Sounds like he likes to shoot stuff like yeah. we do. <laughs> That's what I was say. Might Absolutely. better pull him back. <laughs> Run out <like> of daylight. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like the two of you. There's gonna be an ammo shortage in South oh, Dakota. No, <laughs> nah, prairie dog shortage. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> they can make more ammo. Yeah, every day, old yeah. game hog over there. <laughs> Just whatever. I'm all about he tried it. not to. He's what was it? Was it Texas? Like I'm, I don't know. I don't need to shoot that turkey. I don't need to be a game hog, but I really want to. <laughs> yeah, I'll try not to be. It's like it's like suppression. I'm just trying to keep it down. I'm like, I don't want to kill it, but I want to bad. You know, that's funny. It's like good chuck, bad chuck. Yeah, I would think that. I would think prairie dogs, predators would probably be the top two things to be able to have that on because. Coyotes aren't going to let you get away with shooting, and then prairie dogs aren't going to either. You know, we need to do it for that nutria thing too when we go down to Louisiana. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. What are we? What like? What caliber do you shoot those with? Um, a lot of people use like twenty twos. Oh, know, really? Which, Small you know, calibers? They, yeah. Uh, it's just because they're running on that mud flat, you know. Oh. And a lot of people use twelve gauges. Oh well, but, America. Um, <laughs> I'd say the biggest thing for me, um, would be the deer hunting and then shooting hogs at night. Yeah. Them. Oh yeah, I didn't um, think about the hogs at night. And and the reason the suppressor works so good for that is like we touched on earlier, they don't know where it came from. Yeah. You know, when when that, that sonic boom off the bullet cracks, you know, it's bouncing off whatever's in between you and them. It's not definitely coming from where your location is. So a lot of times when you pull the trigger, another animal is sitting there that hadn't been hit, it's like, What what the heck happened? Or like you'll see a lot of times on some of our shows when we're shooting hogs at night, if there's a group of hogs out in the field and the wood lines back here that's why I'll shoot the one in the back because when you hear that hit them, the ones in the back think something in the woods is making the noise with them other ones run towards you. So now you got a little bit longer, you know, shot time on the ones in the field and without a suppressor that didn't work because when you pull the trigger, nobody can hear nothing except the gunshot from the direction you come from. So they all run in the woods. So I would say like, that's probably my favorite thing with them. It's just because that's a lot of shooting, you know, and it's a lot of social hunting too, you know, 
not a gentleman's sport like duck hunting by no means, but <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm just saying you're shoulder to shoulder with guys, you know, loaded up with high power rifles and the suppressor makes a world of difference. And we touched on it earlier. It's like, you know, the funny thing is, is when you start shooting suppressors, you automatically become a suppressor snob. Yeah. And you don't mean to. It's just whenever you go hunt with someone that doesn't have one, you're like, as soon as you see them pull that gun out, you're like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, hey, you got a suppressor for that thing? And they're like, no, nah, I got one. It's coming, you know. I'm like, here, use my gun. Here, here. Or or I'm over there getting one off another gun. I'm like, here, just go slot your gun in with this. And they're like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, no, not really. Um, well, you're not hunting with me unless you got one. <laughs> and it's just, you know, there's no reason for you not to. Nowadays. It just, yeah, it ruins you. It's yeah. just one of those things. That, oh, I'm stepping on somebody's cord. It ruins you if you don't have one. And yeah, like you said, you hunt with somebody that doesn't have one, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to be miserable all night listening yeah. to this thing go off. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. And like I said, you hate to you hate to be a snob about it, but at the same time, you're like, dude, my, I don't want my ears ringing tomorrow from from you getting excited and swinging over here and pulling the trigger. Yeah. On you know a 50 pound hog, and now I've lost, you know, I've got permanent hearing damage from it, and I got to hear my ears ring for two days. Yeah. Well, tinnitus. Oh God! Tonight, mine already does that. You know, really? I mean, yeah, oh, Dud's got every day. Dud's got tinnitus really bad. Well, mine's from waterfowling though. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah, that's where mine's from mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Oh. oh, you got tinnitus too? Oh, so bad. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, heck, I got it for two years filming. Yeah. And gotten in the duck blind. Yeah. Clients blasting away. Get twelve guys shooting shotguns. Yep. It ain't good. No, Mm-mm. it's not. And Oof. it's always the guys with the left side, you know, this guy, because you got your head tucked down like this, shooting waterfowl. Yeah. So that's why your left ear gets such well, a. Beat. Unless you're left-handed and well, correct, like I am. True story. <laughs> yeah. Wrong, wrong-handed. Right-handed. <laughs> correct. Wrong. Left-handed, right-minded. Right-handed, wrong-minded. <laughs> like what I did there. <laughs> Everybody hates me when they go to build me a bow or a gun. They're like, left-handed. Come on, man, you're killing me. Which I'm right eye dominant. I'm supposed to shoot right-handed, but I don't. Just know too if dang I stubborn. Uh, that, that is explains true. A lot. I am that. that explains a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I want to do prairie dogs now and hogs again. It's um, when do we need to do hogs again? When do it's we do coming up? Hogs? They're about to cut wheat now, so it'll be a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks you'll have a uh, when they cut the wheat crops, it'll be good, and then they'll be replanting, you know, fall crops. So planting time's coming up, and then it'll be kind of that dead period for a couple of weeks once the crops come up, and then. Be back in the fall. Maybe August. mine will be here by then. Maybe. Yeah, that's another good thing we could touch on is the new new style with the E-forms. How's yeah. that working out for you guys that you've seen? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. So the hard part is the feds have 200,000 they're sitting on that were done paper. And so I think they're holding back releasing all the E-forms that they're approving digitally because there's a lot of upset people who've been waiting over a year for the paper. Mm. So we're kind of in that phase right now where half my customers are mad at me because they're <laughs> waiting over a year. Yeah. And yeah. the other half are happy because they're getting approved in 90 days. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's it, it creates a tough situation for us. As yeah, soon as you send an email out and say, hey, we're getting them in in you know, less than 90 days, the guys are waiting a year and a half for giving you one-star reviews on – Google. And it's well, that's the thing, and people just don't kind of understand the process, and you know that that's something I've have seen not only with you guys but everybody across the board. It's like it's not your fault, you no, know. And, totally. But and it's and it's hard as a business owner to say that. You never want to say yeah, that to your customer because totally. the customer's always right. Right. But at the same time, you're like, well, guys, I can't help it. That's just the way. Yeah. You know, once they implemented these new e forms, right? You guys were sitting there with your hands tied. You're like, well. I'm surely not going to grab about having them back in 90 days, but it sucks for you guys that bought one three months ago. 
Yeah. Because you if you did, yeah, yeah if you hard. didn't use e-forms, now you're going to be waiting a year, and this guy over here that bought one three months after you bought it is going to have it back in three months, and you still got six months to wait, and it's yeah. just that they, was a, that was another main reason I never did it. It's just like I got to wait how long? Yeah. Golly, yeah. you know, yeah. just it, it just wasn't worth the juice wasn't worth the squeeze for me. Which right. I mean, I film a ton of hunting. I don't get to do a ton myself, but it's one of those things. I like I legitimately want it so my kids could shoot whatever yeah. you know that was my whole reason for it. it's not not even for myself as much as to have it for them and to be able to make sure they don't grow up with 40 percent hearing loss in an ear right you know because my dad did that and i was probably pretty close to it until i started because when i was when i was younger I was like, i'm not wearing ear protection i'm not a sissy <laughs> right just young and stupid well, and and too like we're talking about talking focusing it on hunting instead of target shooting your protection's not really on the, my top majority when I walk out of the house and want to go kill something. Because mm-hmm. guess what? I need to hear. Yeah. You know, hearing is half the battle. You know, how yeah. many times have you been walking down a, a logging road and you hear something over the ridge walking, you're like, you know, well, if I'm walking around with a set of earplugs on, then I'm not doing my job mm-hmm. as efficient as I can do it. So, and then when the shot opportunity presents itself, I don't always have time to reach in there and put some earplugs in, you know, uh-huh. like I said. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And that's one of the driving forces behind these states that legalize hunting with a suppressor is that you actually got some people in there with some damn common sense, mm-hmm. you know, that, that said, well, this is stupid for letting these guys go out here and damage their hearing and letting these kids go out here and damage their hearing because they're hunting, you know, they ought to not damage their ear every time they pull the trigger. So I, I don't know. It's great to see that the states have come around and, and it's 42 now, right? Or, Good question. So it looks like Vermont, the governor's going to sign in where they can really? do it too. So it'll be a 41 of the 42 states where they're legal. So okay. Only Connecticut will be illegal now. Nice. Mm. Looks like where it's trending. Come on, Connecticut. That's Get awesome. your stuff together. Yeah. And I tell you, the ball really got rolling on that quick. You know, it's like mm-hmm. states just jumped on the bandwagon one after mm-hmm. the other. And it's just so hard to argue why you can't hunt with one. Yeah. You know? So that's that's really good to see. But you guys, um, I know Caleb touched on it earlier, the, the banished suppressors that you guys have. Yeah. I mean, top of the line, titanium, yep. modular. to clean, yeah. like that, you'll clean them. That's what I was going to say, the super easy to clean, take yep. them apart, you know. Um, one question I had for you yes, that, that on, you know, um, if the guys want to go to your YouTube page, I have a ton of YouTube videos that are super helpful. But one of them I didn't see was um, just this year I started using, um, what is it, the uh, – not hydrosonic, maybe it is hydrosonic cleaners. Yeah, are they safe to use for your guys' baffles? And yeah. and what type of solution would you suggest? Because that was the first thing I seen when I seen your suppressors were modular and you could take the baffles off. I'm like, well, that'd be awesome just to throw in that cleaner, and that yeah. thing will be like brand new. Yeah, totally. So, so what we like is that calcium lime rust remover. You know that yeah. little green bottle. It's, it's basically yeah. yeah, it's basically acid. Okay. So um, it might it's a little strong to use it full strength, but if you do half and half the water. Okay. And just let it run in that. It'll it'll take the carbon right off. Good deal. It eats it right off, which is nice. Um, and the good thing about the Banish 30 is all the baffles are the same, so you don't have to worry about order, what order you put them in. It's not hard to you know take it apart and clean it. Now, what you do want to be careful with is you typically don't want to put the tube in there because it will eat the Cerakote off. So, right. Yeah. So just the just the baffles, yeah. itself, which are the, the titanium, the raw yeah, titanium. Exactly. Yeah. Is the Banish Gold the same as far as just two more baffles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of little smaller baffles. Yeah, they come apart too. Throw them in the cleaner. Good deal. I haven't physically put my hands on it. I'm waiting for Caleb to get his, so I'm excited to monkey with it. But yeah, he's, just, trying to, he's, he's already trying to steal mine. Well, yeah. I'm going to. I mean, it's just, just facts. <laughs> it's facts. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I was just curious about it. But that when I seen that it was easy to clean, because all the ones I have now, 
they're all sealed. There's yeah, no cleaning. Totally. You know, you know, we just, I'd say probably 40% of the people that come to the shows, they want to take it apart and look at it. Mm-hmm. That's just so, in some people's nature. Um, and that's why we said, hey, why don't we do that? Because when I first started doing it, the rim fires didn't even come apart. No. And, uh-uh. and then people started thinking, hey, I want to get the lead out. The bullets aren't jacketed. And then people are like, wow, you let the 30s come apart too. And I'm like, well, everyone just wants to be able to clean them. You just, the, the mental concept is that if it's filling up with carbon, I'm going to have less place for the gas to expand mm-hmm. and it's going to end up getting louder as it gets filled up. Constriction. People worried about it's going to get, it's going to constrict the tightness of the hole through and potentially cause accuracy issues if it's touching stuff. So the ability to come apart and clean is nice. That's another concept, misconception that I had heard that maybe y'all can talk about that suppressors would not make, it would hurt your accuracy. You know, that's a good question. So what we found is any test we've ever done, it speeds it up. Because I guess video games show that it decreases. Yeah, the it slows it down. Yes, yeah. but it doesn't. It speeds it up. It's kind of like having a longer barrel. You know, it just speeds it up a little bit, 10, 15 feet per second. Yeah. But accuracy, they found, is enhanced, but it's more of the weight on the end of the barrel. So it's yeah. kind of like the bull barrel concept of you're not oh, getting okay. as much jump or recoil. So it's just accuracy, obviously, is a measurement of tightness of uh, the bullet mm-hmm. grouping. And with having that extra weight on the on the end, it helps. But the other thing to remind people is that the hole through the suppressor is bigger than the bullet, so nothing's touching. So there's no way for it to really negatively enhance accuracy. Yeah. It just helps it by having that weight. How does it speed the bullet up then? Just like kind of having a longer barrel. You oh, okay. Know, sometimes if you just got a longer for the push. Yep. You're going to have that explosion behind the bullet for a longer point of time, so yep. it's going to receive more of that push out of the barrel. Huh. Yeah. Didn't ever think about it that way. And as far as the actually goes, uh, you know, Layman terms here. This is the plumber speaking and the the hunter speaking. I think people are more accurate with a suppressor than they are without. Yeah, Yeah, because they're not not flinching. Exactly. 100%. The extra weight, uh, especially shooting at night, shooting hogs, varmints at night on a tripod, you have that extra weight on there. It's more stable. Um, But I'm not worried about that loud jump. When it goes, you know, I squeeze the trigger better. Like we said earlier, you hear that thump. You hit, you hear that sound hit the target, and I know this sounds cheesy and stupid, but dude, that's like what gets me excited. <laughs> I mean, sure. really, you know, like as a kid growing up shooting deer and you know shooting coats and whatever, I I never thought about well, it'd be so cool if I could hear the bullet hit them. Well, then all of a sudden I start shooting suppressor. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. Did you hear that thing hit it? And I'm like, this is killer. You know, yeah. I love it now. It's oh, like I, love hearing, like, I love hearing an arrow yeah. whack something. It's Exa- the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. You don't think about it when you're out there target shooting. Yeah. But then when it really happens, you're like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, but that tells you so much, too. You know, like, like those pHs telling you whether or not it was a good hit or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with a bow. You can usually tell when a, a really good hit with a bow, mm-hmm. you know, just by how it sounds when it, hit, when it hits them. Mm-hmm. That's but, awesome. But I would argue that it, it, it makes all the average Joe more accurate as far as, you know, being comfortable and not, not recoil shy. And that's one thing we hadn't talked about is how much they reduce the recoil. You yeah, know, it's basically point. the best muzzle brake there is. Yeah. As yeah. far as taking, a, uh, you know, I use it as an example on, on my 300 wind mag. It makes it kick like a 243. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the feel. Um, you know, the sound is, is nothing to, to, to freak out about. But it's just the recoil. I mean, you stay in the scope. You see your shot hit the animal. And when you start looking at follow-up shots, it's just so much quicker. You know, especially when you're engaging multiple animals. When I had to sight in my 301 mag without my suppressor, I had to shoot a whole box of shells out of it, 20 shells. Bless you, Lord. I felt like I'd been in a fight the next day. Mm-hmm. Oh, my whole left side was sore. Yeah. And every shot, I'm like, you know, I just got to take it. You know, if I got to know this thing's hitting, I just got to take this thing and not squeeze and it kick me out. Like, oh, God. Yeah. But and, the, and it kills me to know that you have to be miserable doing something. Oh, you love. God, yeah, it was miserable. Right. You know, because yeah. somebody 
in a suit says, oh, no, I don't think he deserves that until we do a proper background check on Caleb Copeland. <laughs> you should be able to call me up. If you've got a driver's license and you can walk in a store and buy a rifle, mm-hmm. you should be able to walk in there and buy a suppressor today. Yeah. You know, but you can't. So yeah, They should come with them. You right. know? True. Yeah, <laughs> well, you should just be able to buy them direct. Call, up, you know, yeah. call them up and say, hey, I want that one. Send it to me. Yeah. I'll overnight it to you. Um, another thing that I – just earlier, it came to mind when you mentioned you guys do the barrel threading. Yeah. You know, from my experience, that is huge because this coming from someone that had a bad issue with barrel threading. Yeah. Had a local gunsmith, um, had bought a new rifle, didn't come with the barrel threaded, which is crazy. You know, nowadays a lot of guns come yeah. suppressor yeah. ready, but this was, you know, wasn't. Take it to this guy, 125 bucks, threads the barrel. Well, I'm no machinist. Like I said, you know, when I'm plumbing something, I'm not building a bomb. I got a two inch gap. And some glue. Mm-hmm. If that baby's within two inches, we're good to go. Glue it up, <laughs> stick her together. Well, sheetrock hide anything. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. His phone's uh, going to start going off with homeowners calling. Exactly. Yeah. Is that why my house smells like sewage? But, but no. Um, so so I'm not really precise when it comes to measurements and, uh, you know, machining. So just for my plumbing eyes to look at this threaded barrel, I'm like, that's a good job. You know, pay dude 125 bucks. Here we go. Next time I go to shoot pigs, I'm taking my new gun. Go out in the yard, I'm going to sight this baby in. Boom. I'm like, golly, this is like a tuning fork. What the <laughs> heck? Oh, yeah, nice little baffle strike right through the end of the barrel, or through the end of the suppressor. Keep in mind, $1,100 suppressor. Now it's got a nice little keyhole through it. What the heck? Dude didn't square up the barrel when he, right. when he threaded it. So basically he took the barrel, and when he threaded it, it was running uphill a little bit. So when I screwed the suppressor on, it was – Running like that. So when the bullet come out, it hit the top. Well, it's, I call up Joe Gunsmith, and he's like, oh, no, man, that's, that's solid. My work's solid. I'm like, no, player, this ain't solid. The only thing solid is I just spanked a $1,100 suppressor, you know, because you did a shoddy job. Well, at that point, it's my word against his. But you guys being able to yeah. do that, you know, it takes that out of it. We did so. find, honestly, that probably 99.9% of our warranty claims were what he just said. Yeah. Oh, so really? So by us starting to thread, we got no warranty claims. Right. That's what I figured. They were all – because sometimes the hard part is the local gunsmith, they know better. So they call and say, hey, it was the silencer's fault. So that's when we said, hey, why don't we just start threading barrels? Yeah. Years ago, a lot of manufacturers would say if you didn't have it threaded by us, you, it's not warranty. We don't do that. But right. But we just feel like it's – Sounds not, like you should if 99% <laughs> of your <laughs> – Well, that's about, that's about all you can screw up on one. Really. Yeah, yeah, I totally. mean, unless you melt it, yeah. which, you know, some of yours, um, I think the banish is, is select auto fire and then the gold is full auto. Yeah. So, but, you know, your average Joe doesn't have a machine gun he's going to oh. run 100 rounds through at a time anyway. Mm, so, America. So, most of your warranty calls are going to be baffle strikes. And that's from someone shooting and letting it get loose, you know, not, not keeping it tight or someone having a threaded barrel that's not right or a malfunction in the shell somehow, you know, so, I mean, mm. ammo. So another interesting thing people don't think about is um, we have these wraps that you put on there on the actual suppressor. And what's cool is um, it keeps it cool to touch. So people worry about getting hot. You know, if you get done hunting, you put it in your truck. I've seen some of those. Yeah. But what's cool is we found ours. We tested the sound reduction and it actually reduces the sound more. We put like a rubberized coating on there because when I would prairie dog shoot, they used to just kind of jump off. You know, you'd shoot all day and they just start working their way off the Mm -hmm. end. So we put like a silicon coating on the first layer and it almost like a rubber to hold it in place so it won't creep. But that also helped with sound reduction too. Cool. So it dropped another three or four decibels to huh. have that, you know, actual wrap. How much on it. I mean, that's probably leads into another good question. Like how much testing do y'all do on all your stuff? 
We do a lot of testing just because anytime we come up with a new model, just, you know, test different designs. Sometimes you would think you've got the perfect design and then you just change one or two things. Like you might put maybe one less baffle. So you have more open space in there between the shot and the first baffle. And sometimes removing a baffle make it quieter. So mm -hmm. a lot of it is trial and error. But, you know, the military standard is to sort of put a meter out from the right of the actual rifle. But then we also have another meter right by the ear so that we can test both. Because a lot of people are more interested in what's it at at the end. Yeah, I mean, Not yeah. Not necessarily. But, no, we do a ton of – we have three engineers on staff. That's, That's all awesome. they do. Yeah. That's something that I really I, I really respect a lot out of, like, we wear a lot of Sitka gear, and they do so much testing before they put products out. And we also have other companies we work with that do literally zero. And it all those things show in oh, the wow. end user when, you know, a, you know something's been really put through the paces. Yeah. And it's like, you know – and, you know, these bows that come out, they say, like, oh, this thing shoots 400 feet a second. It's like, but does it really, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, what, what, how, what all did you have to do to finagle 400 feet a second out of that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Versus, you know, guys that put things through paces and you can believe what they say because, I mean, let's be honest, some of these hunting companies, they don't test their stuff. True. Not like they should. True. No, um, and I think that's that's really important. And, and I think that just builds trust with guys like us because, you know, and, and that, that'll come from Keegan and, and – Chuck too is like, I'm to the point now in in my you know hunting career to where I'm not gonna buy anything. I'm not gonna go out and spend money on something that's, you know, a gear a piece of gear that's a hundred plus dollars. Whether it's boots, whether it's clothes, whether it's a gun, whether it's ammo, whether it's anything, without consulting my group of friends that I do it with all the time. Yeah. You know, and when I'm gonna go buy a, you know, but you know before I met you really is like if I was gonna buy a suppressor I'm gonna call Chuck. If I'm going to buy boots, I'm going to call Dudley. If I'm going to buy, you know, this, I'm going to call, you know, when I want to buy, buy an RV, I call Brock. You know, I, you know, I know somebody, and, I, and I, for me just to go out willy-nilly and buy something, it's like these people have tried it, they've tested it, they've worked through it, they know the good, bad, and ugly of everything. And yeah. I think that's really important for people to know, like, that, that there's tests that are going on that we're, like, like you said, you know, you put the, the, the meter out in front of the barrel, but you also do it at the year, which is yeah. what I would care about. Totally. Yeah, because that's the important spot. Because people laugh at my say, if I've got a Remington Ultramag, they're like, why do you have a ROM? And that's just for testing. I mean, that's kind of like the highest end you hear people use in that 30 caliber range. Mm -hmm. So we always, you know, run a ton of rounds or something like that. Anything that's yeah. 30, you think it's a 30 millimeter can, we always run the, you know, the ROM on it a ton just to get that testing. Another thing we didn't mention that I think is sort of a misconception is people think that, if they have a 30 cal silencer, they can only use it on their 30 cal rifle. But in reality, the guy who buys the 30 cal silencer uses it on everything, really. Everything in a center fire. 223, 243, 270, 22, 65, yep, 22, 250, everything. Just everything 30 caliber and under under you can under. use it. Correct. And I, that, and I think that it became easier when... That was a question I had for you, actually, when I first wanted to buy one. Yeah, sorry. Didn't yeah, interrupt no, you. I think when I, when I first started doing this, um, they were all stainless steel, and I think most people felt that's too heavy. No one wants to put a 30-cal suppressor on the end. But now, like if you look at the Banish 30, it's 100% titanium. So if you put that on a 22-250, it doesn't feel that heavy mm -hmm. because it's so light titanium. Yeah. But, yeah, guys use it on everything. So they'll yeah. use it on, you know, 7mm, 270, 6.5, pretty much anything. That's, that's why when you asked me which one I wanted, that's why I wanted that one. Just because, like, you know, I can you know use that on my 300 win all the way yeah. down to my 300 blackout to my yeah. 243, 22, yeah. everything. Totally. And then next you'll start buying caliber specific cans sure. because yeah. you're like your ear gets toned to that that sound and you're like 
well, that's a little bit quieter than my 30 caliber can. <laughs> and they're like, I want one of those 22, you know, 223 cans. Yeah. It's a little bit quieter than that 30 caliber can. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you touched on a really great thing a minute ago when you were talking about uh, testing it on a 300 drum. You know, what people, the listeners, what I want them to remember is that sound is, it's kind of like beauty's in the, the eye of the beholder. Sound is perception. You might hear something louder than I hear it, or Vice Keegan might hear something louder than I do. And when you're talking about cans, uh, my experiences have been it's situational. A lot of times it's situational. You know, if we're in Texas, wide open fields, and I'm shooting a, you know, 308, it's going to sound so much quieter than if I'm in South Georgia shooting down a, a pine lined road, you know, at night with a 308. And it's because of the way that, that subsonic sound bounces off there. And and I've hunted with the guys, and they're like, golly, that can's loud. Well, then the next night we go somewhere else, and it's wide open fields, and they're like, what can did you put on? I'm like, the same one. They're like, oh, there ain't no way. That, that can's twice as quiet as it was last night. I'm like, there's no trees. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think that's a lot of times the, a lot of the questions guys get because they say, well, how quiet does it make it? Well, if you tell them, well, this one quiet is 34 decibels, and then the pro's 36, and they're like, well, that's not that big a difference. And I go, oh, yes, it is. It's mm-hmm. a ton of difference. And they're like, well, this one's this one's a, a 32 decimal, and it's half the price of that 34. And I'm like, you better get the 34. And if you can get the 36, get the 36. And they're like, is it that big a difference? And I'm like, when you shoot them side by side, it's that big a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's a great middle of the road or whatever, but I, that's that's one of the things that, that a lot of people ask me is like, what's the best can to get? And, I'm you know, I tell them just like I do with the thermal. The best you can get is the best your budget allow you to get. If you can get the the highest decimal reduction, get it. If you can get the middle of the road, get it. But um, get you something, you know. Suppressor snob. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Guilty, I, right? I did it. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I got some in the safe. I never even pull out because I'm just like this one. That's too loud. <laughs> I like this one better. I'm like yeah. this one. You know, and they just set it there, and I'm like, you just you get your turn one day, just one, not today. Yeah, one day, not today. <laughs> just not today, Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, we've been we've been at this an hour, guys. Uh, anything that um anything anybody else has got. We missed anything? Everything good? Where can everybody, if somebody's wanting to buy a suppressor and they want to do it with Silencer Central, how do they get a hold of y'all? Tell me all the places they can get okay. get a suppressor from yeah, you guys. Yeah, good question. So I think the best place is just do silencercentral.com. Just do a Google search for Silencer Central. Mm-hmm. Go to our website. The best really is call our sales guys. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the ones that can tell you all the options, all the calibers you can cover. You can buy them online from our website. You can even pay for them there. It'll let you pay while you wait kind of thing. Yeah. But it seems like people have a better experience. I just find that um, the guy that buys online complains because he doesn't have a point of contact internally. So yeah. now, I'm, now I'm just being that guy that says, hey, call the sales guys. Because then something goes wrong, you can call Drew or Ryan or you know, say, hey, what do I do Pretty here? sure Ryan was my guy. Oh, was he, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Ryan's been there like five or six years with me. So um, we got about 35 guys that do the sales department, and they – they know this stuff inside and out. So it's That's awesome. I just find that people have a better connection with someone. Talk to an actual human to, being. Exactly. Yeah. But you can buy it online. Um, yeah, you can, uh, you know, we have like chat on our website where you can chat with people and talk to them about them. If you don't want to talk to somebody, buy them online, phone call. Um, of course, we're on, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, all the different all the, social All medias. the places. Absolutely. So how, yeah. many, how many people do you have working at Salisbury Central now? Yeah, it's a good question. So I have 42 locations. So I got 42 people there. And then we have about 100 and I'd say 30 in our main office in Dang. Sioux Falls. Um, and then we have, you know, different sort of influencers, thought leaders, people that we pay and work with. So 
That's what I was going to bring up. I know you work with Melissa Bachman. Yeah. Um, I've seen her use your stuff a yeah. lot on the show. Yeah, and yeah. Are y'all doing Pigman now? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. I, seen oh, a, I seen a post yesterday with Pigman with, with Model Man himself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, well, dang, because I, I just seen it yesterday. Yeah. I seen him tag you guys in a post, and I'm like, well, dang, he's, you know, Brian's working with him too. You got so. to hang out with him much? No, I've talked to him a fair amount, actually. He'll oh, text man. me and call me. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's the guy. He's right? a wild man. I, I know, I know. And he told me that, too, when we first started. He, he goes, ain't lying. <laughs> oh, we have a good time together. Uh, we have a ball. We filmed, we filmed with Pig a couple of times, and he is he's something else. Oh, yeah, he'll text me if he's got a question. He doesn't mind. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, he's a good one, though. Yeah. I yeah. like Pig a lot. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> he's, he's a nut. That's Him funny. and Chuck have a good time. Oh, yeah. I we bet. Cut up. <laughs> yeah, you need to come to a trade show and get them two together. Oh, yeah, I think you had on. think you had a good time today, man. Ooh, them two idiots <laughs> going back and forth. Oh, yeah. That's we fun. have fun. But also, too, uh, we talked about earlier is O'Neill Ops. Yeah. Those yeah. guys. Does, yeah. Uh, that was one guys. of the biggest, uh, biggest influencers I know that's not ever – you don't see on mainstream TV. Yeah, yeah. they're huge on social media. And, oh, yeah. And uh, on the web. I mean, they do a lot of stuff. And, and like I was telling you, I watched one of their reviews on one of your suppressors, and I was really impressed. Yeah. Um, they nice showed case. some of the accuracy. Yep. I mean, they showed some groups they shot with it, showed how to break it down and clean it. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it was spot on. But, you know, those, go, those guys, I mean, he's got his, his SOTs, yep. you know, FFL dealer. So, I, that got a lot of credit for me when I watched him, you know. Yeah. And, um uh, that just gives somebody else to, you know, be able to see what, what, what the products actually do. And they kill the crap out of coats. Oh, too. boy, I'm telling so you. They're all they about stack killing. Them up. <laughs> yeah. I love watching their stuff. That's awesome. Well, you got anything, Gigan? Um, Do we want to, since we've got Belmore on the podcast, you want to touch on the Make It Happen launch here? Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that went? I think it went good. Um, yeah. I've had nothing but positive. I hadn't had anything negative yet. Uh, coming off the turkey reaping negativity we got. Oh, yeah. That was just you know, that's just kind we of. We killed all thing. ours, just hundred percent traditional. Yeah, hundred percent hunting. But uh, no, I've had nothing but good stuff. Um, biggest question I got is like, what are you doing shooting a twelve gauge? <laughs> that's the biggest question I've got. Like, no kid, like fifteen times. Really? But uh, yeah, that's the only but I shoot them. But I've told everybody, I'm like, look, you know, that was this is the first year Mossberg had that one, and and uh, they give it to us to use, and we put it through the test, and it did good. But um, Next year, they got the 20-gauge, the 940 20-gauge. Oh, really? Yeah. So, nice. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I That's, bet you are. You know, that thing's going to be light as a feather. Yeah. And this long. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to that. But I think it did really well. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. We uh, Keegan launched the second one online today. So, uh, I'm looking forward to getting home tonight and checking out everybody's comments on it. So, it'll be good. And then we've got – we're going to probably do some hogs and or bow fishing this summer. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't even really started talking about what we're doing this fall yet. We're going to be shooting stuff, that's for sure. We just don't know what yet. Yeah, we got to be shooting something. I know we'll do Texas again. Troy, I've already talked to Troy. we got so. four episodes down. We're going to try and do four to six more. So one or two this summer and then three or four this fall, and that'll be, be a good year. Yep. But all with guns, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. You're not the – we know you're not the bow guy. <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah. But it's just – if they send the guns, I'll use the guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah. No, we had a good time. Texas yeah. was Texas was fun. Uh, Kansas was fun. It's just so funny. We go from Texas is 90 degrees to Kansas. It was like in the 20s. Nebraska oh. was in the 20s. And then we went to Lee and Tiff's. It was a heat index of 105. It was miserable. Mm. Mm. In that's, Iowa. That's not good. It's the most miserable weather I've been in. It beat everything here in the South. It was horrible. Hey, I don't know what happened up there. Y'all are not living right. I've been oh, trying wow. to tell you that. And I wasn't there, so you can't blame it on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't rain, so I know you weren't there. Right. 
True story. <laughs> I got web feet. Yeah, we tell farmers to invite us to come hunting if you need some rain because it'll rain if we get there. <laughs> if not, it'll rain the four days before we get there. Yeah, muddy mess. 100%. Yeah. It's funny. All right, well, Brandon, thank you so much. No, thanks for having me. Yes, Chuck, thank you. Um, I guess I'm – thanks for coming up, I guess. Glad you so, come and got I'm your stuff out of my office. We'll steal something before I leave for gas money back. <laughs> 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 oh. That's funny. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace.